Darkly, what a bad that effort. Leipzig comes through. He's got another one. Just add it to the reel. Liba. Welcome to the Salty Bulldog, the podcast that, oh, wait, hang on, no, just got a text coming through here. No, this is big news. Got to, got to get this out of the way firstly. So it's four days after the Bulldogs North match in, in the AFLW. The umpires have conferred and they've agreed just now to award a free kick to North Melbourne in front of goal. My name is Matthew Donald. And I've got Nick Galea with me as I do every week. And if you've not been listening to the Salty Bulldog over the off season, what have you been doing with yourself? Not sure I want to know the answer to that in some cases, but there is a chance here on the eve of the season to redeem yourself. You can listen to the Salty Bulldog anytime on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Uh, you've also got our social media pages, the Salty Bulldog on Facebook and YouTube. You can also reach out to us on Twitter at the Salty Bulldog and the.salty.bulldog on Instagram. Nick, the season is, well, this is the Wednesday. The season is two days away now from starting for the Bulldogs men's side. How excited are you? ecstatic brilliant this is this is encouraging to see and oh good god we want to i want to so much be there but that will not be the case unfortunately um how did your hunt for tickets go today it was a successful journey attempt congratulations congratulations managed to bradley can make up for me then yes uh for those law listeners of the salty bulldog brad sultana who's been with us or was with us for the majority of the 2019 podcast and I think at least on occasion in 2018, I can't quite recall. Yeah, there were yeah no, definitely. Yeah, towards yeah, the end I'm of 2018. Sure. It'd be, be journeying with him to the Coliseum, the modern day Coliseum that is the Melbourne Cricket Ground on Friday night. Mm. And now, um, hopefully it's a, a fair better, a far better encounter than last uh, year's round one match. Um, yeah. Yeah, touch wood, it's a lot better than that. Couldn't take much more to be better than that, to be honest. But yeah, we'll see. I'm trying to think of the last time I went to the MCG to watch uh, the Bulldogs play. I'm genuinely trying to think, actually. Now, because I rem- obviously it didn't happen last year. We didn't play at the MCG at all. You've got um, me thinking now, actually. I've gone blank. We, in 2019, there was the game against Hawthorne. We went to the MCG that day. Hmm? And that was the Do famous, play- that was the famous mm-hmm. come from behind win. I get to look into that, Nick. Yeah, that's an interesting that. question. You've got me stumped here. Um that's all right. We'll, we'll, pro, we'll uh, proceed with other topics, but that's a really fine question. I will uh, we'll definitely look into that one and, and figure that out. Because, yeah, I, I do want to. But the reality is it has been a long time. It probably wasn't uh, a football match was the last time I went to the MCG. I may well have gone to the, the cricket, the Boxing Day test. Not not the one just gone the last couple of I'm, months, but possibly I'm the one before. I'm sure that. it might have been one of the one of the BBL or the MCG derby or the Melbourne derby or whatever it's called for the Renegades. And Maybe. But with, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to think football here. I don't know. I'm having a look I'm at it not right sure. now. But uh, we're going to, we're going to, well, I'm, I don't know about you. I uh, don't think you are from what you've told me, but I'm breaking the street with Bradley. So we've got tickets on level one. I'm not sure what end level one, but we're just going to be sitting in the fourth pocket. I'm really looking forward to it. Actually, it could have been against Collingwood because we played them a couple of weeks after that, the MCG in 2019, didn't we? 
It was around four encounter. Yeah. That was probably one of only two games. That's what I'm just looking at yep. it right now. And that, so it's come, so it's come that full circle. It. It's come full circle. That seems literally it. Yeah, we've gone back to the play, uh, playing the pie. So, yeah, fantastic. Remember that night too. It feels like a long, long, long yeah. time ago yeah. now. It was about 50, 58-ish thousand that night or something, yeah. give or take. Maybe a bit more, couldn't say, but that was a nice evening. Forget the result. But what could, it, nice what could have been what could have been that evening? What could have been? What should have been? What should have been? That was the stars of the Grundy Slaughterhouse for us. Mm. <laughs> <Getting> <laughs> shellacked. We've got actually a lot, lot to talk about today. I did just want to mention one thing very quickly about the podcast, uh, Nick. Now I mentioned that we're on Apple Podcast. And this is this is fact. All right, so, so we've got very strange. Ron, Ron this is exclusive here. Yeah, well, this, exclusive. This, this is a fact. If you want to look for the Salty Bulldog on the Apple Podcast, you'll need to look under the American football category, not the Aussie rules category, the American football category. We're no and, idea and, how that's the case. And, and we'll someone, some kind soul, not sure who it is. I don't think it's you or I, Nick. I, I know it's not me, and I'm pretty sure it's not you. Someone has gone on to the Salty Bulldog podcast on Apple Podcasts and given it a five-star review. So it is the number one ranked American football podcast that's based in Australia. It is, it is, a, it is, a, very, it is a very unique title that we, we possess at the moment. So if you, do, if you do enjoy our content, please give us uh, five stars. If, if you don't enjoy it, please don't give us one star. Let's get into it. Let's yeah, let's get into, get into it. I do want to this point is what that we out. want to do now. Yeah, so we're going to we're going to get involved in a conversation we actually need to cover. So the first one is this new rule, this brand new rule that's mm. been brought in on the eve of mm. the season by the great man Steve Hawking. Steve he Hawking just does like a like a raffle and a half, I think, at times. This man, yeah, so no one knows what he's going to pull out of his pocket. He's pulled up the ticket this week of, of introducing the new rule. And I'm mixed on this one. So this, I don't know. I still don't know what the rule is called. I've just written it here as the substitute rule. I'm so, going to just stick with the term medical sub, I'd say. Medical sub. All right, that, that works fine. We'll Let's stick it, with that. Medical we'll call sub. call it the medical sub. Yeah, that works. Because I think people are, are, are still, are still a little, little traumatized by, by the sub rule we had a few years ago. So this is the, I'm going to change it here, the medical sub. Now, we're all familiar with the fact that every week, every team names 22 players, 18 on the field, four on the bench, and you get interchanges equal to, you know, whatever number the, the AFL rolls uh, on, the, on a this year, every year. This year, so it's it 75. 75. Of course, so drop down from 90. 90. So we're used to that. Now it's changed. So there's no longer 22 players. There's now 23. So you're naming a 23-man side every single week. Now, this 23rd man can only play if one if someone in the 22 has been ruled out of the match to any form of injury. So that includes concussion, because that's been the, the, the big one, because I think a lot of people thought the tool was going to be brought in for concussion only. That's, that's an interesting thing that you just brought there, because I wasn't aware entirely. So you're saying it is for any injury? Any injury, any injury at all. Including concussion, so whether you, you do a hammy, you roll an ankle, if you're injured and you can be, if you've received an injury, you can be subbed out and have this player, your 23rd man, your medical sub, take this uh, said player's place on the field. And that's by the club doctor, is it? Or is it another independence? So it's got, the ruling has to be made by the club doctor. Mm-hmm. So, and, uh, and a lot of people have, have questioned this one whether clubs can abuse this 
the, the leeway given mm. here, whether there's that an opportunity, the whether there is an opportunity to, you know, half a player's been hit a little bit, you can say it's a hit pointer or whatever sort of minor injury it mm. may be and put them on ice for wow. next week. Now that, that won't be the case. It won't the, well, the idea is that it's for players who are genuinely injured and can't play out the match. Mm-hmm. Now the AFL released an article just sort of explaining the rule and how it all works. And they've, and they've mentioned a, a couple of other things here, which I'm just going to read out to you now, Nick. Mm-hmm. So clubs, I've got something else too for that as well. Okay. Well, this is to deter clubs from yep. misusing the rule. This is from Jay Clark at the Herald Sun. Clubs who misuse the new sub rule could lose premiership points and draft picks. Now, were you aware of that? Have you yes, seen that? Yeah, so I, I did see that. They come through. That's only come through in the last hour or so, um, that by Jay Clark. Mm. But this has come through this morning from the AFL. So they've said club doctors must provide the AFL with a medical certificate on the first working day after the match as evidence the substitute player sustained the injury. Should a subbed-out player recover from an injury other than concussion before the next match, because, of course, concussion is, is a mandatory one-match one layoff. At 12 days now, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, 12 days top. It, it equates to one, to, to one match. Yeah. It's just to cover player. those Thursday to Sunday um, switchovers in case anyone has a break that long. So should a subbed-out player recover from an injury other than concussion before the next match, he may be granted to play provided his return is ticked off by the AFL medical officer. And also says here, any club found to be breaking the medical substitute rule can be sanctioned quote for conduct unbecoming or prejudicial to the interests or reputation of the AFL or, and we're all familiar with this phrase to bring the game of football into disrepute. This is ironic, isn't it? I feel like I've heard that one Having the idea Fancy stating the idea of misusing a substitution as bringing the game to disrepute, but, you know, tanking for, for draft picks and all these other things. Um, you know, of course, we're not going to bring up the saga and stuff, but all these other types of um, interesting moments we've had over the past decade or so, and nothing's happened there. You know, it's, it's ironic that it's, you know, a, they're using a substitution as the, the way to introduce all these heavy deterrents, isn't it? Would, would you Quite say ironic, that that's, I think. that's happened? I suppose with the tanking, I, I wasn't old enough to quite understand what was going on there. But I would say that nothing, I wouldn't say nothing happened with, with the, yeah. the supplement. Nothing genuinely, hey, that, that, that carry that went on for about four or five years. I wouldn't say yeah, nothing happened been, there. No, that should have been dealt with a lot sooner, though. It seemed like it just dragged out more for the convenience to until they figured out a solution. What do you make of this rule, though? I suppose there's a few, and I suppose Um, that's an umbrella that that covers a few questions. So what do you make of the rule? And then what do you make of the fact that it's been brought in on the eve of the season? And then what what do you think of the fact that it extends beyond players who've suffered concussion? I think that's not a bad ploy. I'm not entirely against it. I think it's not a bad ploy, the idea that it includes other uh, various injuries. Because with 75 rotations, it's already restricted enough as it is that other clubs might be able to um, capitalise on on that advantage a lot more from other, you know, from, from their opposition. You know, if they're more heavily stretched uh, in terms of their rotation wise. So at least this sort of balances that a bit. Yep. You know, it's still going to be roughly four v four on the interchange. Mm-hmm. Touchwood. Um, so I think that's okay in that regard. Um, the tricky part is I'm wondering how it's going to work for the player if they're not used. Now, what they used to do, they used to have the players running the laps of the oval after the game or such, which is not the right way to 
get their numbers up or their fitness, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't know how they're going to potentially um, work that out. But do you think you're going to see players or how, how often do you think it's going to be before a club makes a mistake in terms of use, uh, misusing this uh, sub or medical sub? Well, I, okay, because I, well, I can, I can, I could put my hat very confidently on the fact that at least one team will try their luck at some stage during the year. Just please not be, don't be us. Don't be us. Don't be us. Hopefully don't not. Us. Well, if it, if it is us, can we please at least get away with it? <laughs> yeah, that's a very don't good get, point. Don't yes, get yes. caught. If we get away with it, it's okay. I just don't want us to get caught. <laughs> In the app. Yeah, and no, we but don't want to be losing premiership there, points on there that. There is no doubt that someone will try their luck because that, that's what that's what clubs, it's just how the clubs operate. Within the rules, every club is constantly seeking mm. a, an opportunity to take advantage of a rule. That said, there are other clubs that will be more likely to get away with it. Yeah. In comparison no, to some other well, sides, no, that, which that's, is really annoying. But I, there, there'll that's, be, yeah. but clubs spend hours and hours and hours working on ways to take advantage of, of rule changes. I mean, clubs would have spent the summer trying to figure out how to, how to make the most of this stand rule. What how did you think about this? Since you, bring, since you bring that up, though, because I yeah. believe um, Beverage and our coaching staff, I've got a bit of memory here, that um, we stated that we wanted to be one of the last clubs to um, be introduced to the rule, to, to observe how the other clubs coped with it, first of all. Okay. Uh, yeah, this that's is, what I. This is this is news heard, to yeah. me. I've not, not. Yeah, that's what I believe. What I heard a little bit ago that yeah, we wanted to be one of the last few to be tested at this thing to see how okay. the sides would would cope with it or have their methods, understand their process of going against it. I suppose it's it's we're basing it off one game really whether it's going to have an impact for us. I think from what I saw against Melbourne, it, it will benefit our back flankers. I think it'll I think it'll benefit the way we play as as a, as a team. So certainly, like players like Caleb Daniel, Bailey Williams, will benefit greatly from it. Even uh, even Bailey Dale, who was who was back there. I think those sort of JJ, even Ed Richards, if he plays Ed Richards, down back. Crozier when he's down down back. Yeah, There's a few these, players that will all benefit. All these overlap from that. type players, yeah. isn't it? I mean, McCray's overlap. an overlap player as well. He's not a back flanker, but he's an overlap player, so he would benefit from it as well. He had a truckload of the footy in that came against Melbourne. My concern with this rule, and I. I and I, I'm comfortable with the intention of the rule, but only only to an extent because Steve Hocking and Gil McLaughlin have, have come out in the last couple of days trying justifying trying to justify the rule. And when it's been put to them what the purpose of the rule is, they've been strong in their conviction that it, it's it's for safety, it's for the health and safety of the players. Now that that sounds fair on the surface, but when you think about it a bit more, so we're still talking about the sub rule. We're we? talking about the medical sub rule. Yeah, I was yeah. getting confused. Like, oh, okay, no. stand rule. You know, you're no, right. You're I want to go back. I want to go back to the. <laughs> I want to go back to the sub rule. Perhaps I didn't make that clear. Yeah, the so sub rule. Yeah, so fine. Gil, Gil McLaughlin and Steve Hockey have talked about it being the health and safety of the players. That's why this, the medical sub rule is there. But that doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, well, because if change then, if a player is ruled out of the match with concussion. And, and that's why this rule has been brought in. It's been brought in to deal with concussion. It, it's, it's, it's not to do with the injuries. It, it's because if there's, if there's no mandatory 12 day layoff with concussion, there's no medical sub, I, I think. So this has all been brought on by the, the um, reactions to recent findings with concussion 
and the impact it has long-term on players. So they said it's for the health and safety of the players, but what's this rule actually protecting the players from? If a player is, if a player has been diagnosed with concussion, they're out of the match. But then that's been the case for several seasons now. I can't remember the last time a player was concussed and came back onto the ground. Like it's been years. It's been since quite a long happened. time. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's time. it's it's not like you're risking the players by putting them back out there if they've been concussed. Because if they're concussed, last year if a player was concussed, they're off the ground. That was it done for the game. There was no, and I mean, what what risk were they being put at? They weren't being forced to go back out there and play. And anyone who does a hammy or, or does a knee, they're not being forced to go back out there either. So I'm not quite sure what these, how this rule is protecting players. Because if a player is injured or concussed to the point, or, or just concussed, you know, to the point where they can't go back out and play, it doesn't make a difference where there's a medical sub as well. It doesn't add extra protection for a player because they're not going back out to play anyway. No, because the damage the only is already done. The only difference is you're just bringing somebody on to replace them. But the injured player in question is not receiving further mm. protection. Mm. If unless, anything, you're, unless if it's anything, you're creating opportunity for, for the other player to now receive yeah. an injury. The, 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 only, ironic, the only exception yeah. to that is, is a concussion because now you've got mm. the 12-day life. But even, even that has nothing to do mm. with the medical sub rule. That's a separate rule altogether, the, the 12-day layoff. They don't go hand mm. in hand. That's... It's for protecting the player. That's that rule's been brought in to protect the player. I don't have, you know, that that explanation is fine when you've got the 12 day layoff. That's there for the protection of the player. That's fine. I get that. But this doesn't this doesn't impact that. This is this medical sub rule is an immediate now, next two hours type of rule. This doesn't flow on into next week or next next round or next month or whatever. It doesn't add any. It doesn't add an extra level of protection to the players. I, I think. I don't know. I don't know if you're seeing it from a. That's why I sort of say this. There's a lot of questions to ask one, in terms of what they think of this rule. Because I think there's a lot of different angles. But that's how I especially, see it. Especially how they've just brought it in. You know. Yeah. They've had a lot of time to think about it, but you know, just on the eve of the season, as you said, there's a lot of questions still about it. Um, I mean, there's obviously a lot of research that's gone into the idea of concussion and clubs and the doctors in the league and, and many codes across the world are getting better and better at analysing the effects of it, you know, the NFL and and, and such. Yeah. It's, it's still a delicate topic and one that I think that sometimes people can be very um, touchy about, you know. I mean, look, let's say this, like people are now understanding a bit more about concussion and they'll still, you'll still see others getting angry to the point about wondering why their play has been subbed off, you know, just, or just get back onto the field and stuff. Yeah. So I know that the idea of what the premise is perfectly fine. It's just an, a strange way to, um, to put it in as a way to combat concussion. I don't know. It's, 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 it's just weird in general terms, you know, I mean, the idea of the original substitution rule, that was a sub and you know, sub as it was, there wasn't a specification, whether it's, you know, for concussion or this, people just use it as a substitution. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, that. sometimes it was. Sometimes it was a, just a tactical sub. Mm. Which I didn't you know. You need, that, you need fresh yeah, legs. You want to rest a, a star yeah. player. See, this is and for people who are who are unfamiliar with it, the best example of of this type of sub rule would be and and the way that it's designed to be implemented here, it would closely be of of your, your soccer leagues and around the world. Now, I don't know if every league is the same, but I, I think normally you've got your, well, 
every team starts with 11 players on the field. And then I think their bench extends to seven, seven or eight, something like that for, for most leagues. I mean, it, depending on leagues, I reckon the numbers would be different, but I think it's normally around seven, eight mark. Now each team gets three a game. So you can make three substitutions in, in your match and, and that that's it. There may be some leagues where you get a fourth in extra time or whatever, but let's just keep it simple. You get three, you get to make three changes every match. So it means that you bring on some players and then there are some players who aren't used at all. Now, the idea is that unless there's an injury, you're going to have a similar similar situation where these players aren't used. They just, they just sit on the bench. They collect their, their paycheck on the way out. They don't even have to kick a footy. It sounds pretty good. I reckon I'd be a good 23rd man. Until until we get an injury. Then we're in a bit of trouble. <laughs> well, then we're down to 21 men, technically. Down, down to 21, yeah. We've got, yeah, yeah. That, that, I think that would be, I think that's fair mm. actually. But yeah, even if yeah. they don't I'll, play, I'll trust him on that. I've seen Matthew kick the football. It is not pretty at all. <laughs> it's not that bad at all, but oh God, it can be uh, terrifying at times. I don't think it's, I don't think it's AFL standard. And if I'm being honest, I, I don't even think it's VFL standard. Maybe, maybe the grade below. Maybe. Vaffa sixth or something? Maybe. I'm not the, I'm not the worst kicker. <laughs> nah, no, I'm you're probably, not. I'm certainly in the bottom 10. <laughs> but, for, for players who don't actually play, so let's pick one. Let's you know, any player random. Whoever's going to be twenty third man for the Bulldogs this week, whoever it is, doesn't matter. If there's no injury, no concussion, they don't get called upon. Well, that's great for a couple of reasons. Firstly, because um, no injuries, which is yeah, clean you know, injury list, which is a rarity. For yeah, us. that is that is a rarity. Uh, secondly, though, it does still count as an official match for the twenty third man, even if they don't come Did on you- the ground. If they don't Which get a is kick. really weird. I don't like that. That I don't like at all. And I mean, you've um, got to get it, got to be on the field for it. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I mean to, to use the example of an unused mm. substitute, it doesn't, they don't get an appearance for that if they're just on the bench yeah. and they don't come yeah. on. Seriously. Like I was telling my other mates earlier before, uh, earlier today about it now. Like imagine if you're, so we're not knowing who's obviously being sub or lost, but let's yeah. say you're Lockie McNeil, it's your debut. You've been given the, what do they have? The green vest or whatever it is. Well, they won't and be having the green vest this time. Yeah, what, that's what another thing. Would, so it's just, it's just, it's just club track suits. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so there's no, there's no vest or anything. Yep. Yeah. It's your debut. You go out there and you go tell the, you know, 50 years time, whatever's the grandkids ask you, how did you go in your first game? Oh, I was the substitute and I didn't get used. But it still counts as my official first match. You, know, you cannot be serious no, about thinking that no. that's a way to. No, it, it, seriously. It, it should not count to the record books per se. Like I've seen someone saying, well, you could play your 50th first game. And so you can play your first game 50 times without even getting a touch. Well, it could be that, that be someone, someone, someone could break Cade Simpson's record of going statless in their first three matches. Yeah, that, oh God, no, don't do that. All right, okay, enough about the sub police, but- oh, You want to we'll move on one, from we'll, the- We'll touch one, one little bit and then, then we'll move on. Who from our list is perfect for the role of the sub? I reckon, I reckon Marcus Bontempelli would be pretty good. I mean, if he's there, there's no possibility of him getting injured. Surely Aaron Dawson. <laughs> yeah, him as well. Potentially Any, anyone is anyone is really in the desperate. best. Anyone is in the best twenty-two would be ideal. You can wrap them up. No, I'm thinking. Board. I'm thinking Daniel John Syracuse. Bring him back. <laughs> Gia. That would make it, so it famous. Well, if that would make it 4 0 against mm. Essendon in terms of players mm. pinch yeah. <laughs> we pinch trade. It's like, so this is going back onto the on the soccer legs you mentioned before. We can loan him out and then have him brought back you know, after the extension of his loan 
of the Bombers. Learn out a, a 40 there. year old Daniel Jean Syracuse and then bringing back, pay a loan fee to recalling back as well. Indeed, it is. Yes, get the transfer fee up there. Um, I think no. I well, clear, it's Ed not, Richards it's not a, is probably it's, one for me. It's Ed not Richards a tactical. It's not a tactical sub. So, what? So you're not going to sort of say, well, let's bring on someone with you know with fresh legs to run out the last quarter or whatever, or let's bring in a big man so no. that when the defense is tired. So what I'm thinking is you probably need, and and this is where Luke Beveridge comes into it, and this is where he thrives. You're going no, to no, need. Don't, tell, don't say this word. You're going to need. Don't. You're going to need. A Ruckman. <laughs> Are we going to say versatility for a well, second? No, you, you will. Yeah, you will need someone. I mean, it makes sense because you can't predict who's going to come out. So you no, need you someone who can cover as many bases mm. as possible. Mm. Well, seeing as we've got, you know, 6,000 half backs and, you know, we've actually probably got the tallest lineup we've ever assembled in, in our lifetimes anyhow. Yeah. We've got half backs um, and talls and that's it. <laughs> that's what we've got. Oh, and, and, and a stacked midfield. A stacked midfield, so this is incredible. Um, now I'd, I'd, I wonder who it'd have to be though, because we don't have a lot of quick types, and generally, a lot of our quick types would be played out on the field, anyhow. So, I know I, know I said Ed Richards there, and I do think he'd thrive in that because he doesn't always generally find the ball a lot. But, um, and I can't give too many other names. I mean, obviously, JJ is too good to be the 23rd man, so just have to have him named. Riley West, I've got here. I'm just, I'm just, looking, through the, I'm just looking through the, that the list nice of players. That is a bad shout. I and, like that. Riley West. Riley West came up straight away. He can play in the midfield. He can play forward line. I don't know what his defensive game is, is like. Now, that I like. That is a very fine shout right there. Because it still gets him, provided he gets the game, of course, but obviously yeah. hoping it's not for concussion or injury. So I wonder how it's going to work. It's not going to be a tall. Almost, it's not going to be a tall. No, no, it won't be at all. Because no, because then you're, ban- be you're banking tall anyways. You're banking on a tall player getting injured. Mm. Or concussed. Anyway, anyway right. let's move on because we've got mm-hmm. some team news. Yay! We've actually got some official team news for, for round one, not for practice matches or anything like that. Mm. But we've got some team news. I'm I'm really looking forward. So I've got four names here that we've got to read out, and uh, I want each of these. Uh, all of our fans will have to keep an eye out for these particular numbers on Friday night as well. So number one, number eight, number 28, and number 30. They're worn by Adam Trelaw, Stephen Martin, Anthony Scotton, and Lachlan McNeil, respectively. So today at the Bulldogs, these uh, in front of the whole group, they, they each had a, a player come out and, and present their, their Guernsey to them to start the season. Uh, and have you seen who the players were? Because I've only seen it very uh, some of them, yes. So uh, Josh Dunkley prevent, presented the Guernsey to Trelaw. Mm-hmm. I think the yep, Pinsky, no surprises there. I think the Pinsky gave his uh, jumper to Stefan Martin, and, and I, I don't know the last two, but I know they. I know the last two were Bailey Smith and Bailey Dale handed their their Guernseys to either Scott or. McNeil, I can't recall which was which though. But that's that's, right. inter- that about- that's interesting as well. That I wonder if that gives a few more clues as well to who's going to be in this twenty-two. Lipinski and Bailey Dale both were. Well, Lipinski was a bit in and out of the side throughout last season. Bailey Dale spent the first half in the side and missed the second half of the year. They both impressed against Melbourne. Here we go. Here we go. So it looks like Bailey Smith for Lockie McNeil. Yep. Uh, Bailey Dale for Anthony Scott. Paddy Lipinski for Steph Martin, of course, and 
at Josh Dunkley. Yes, once more for Adam Schwartz. So that's just reiterating it. But yeah, that's the, the final two. That was the order. I'm just having a look at the dogs Insta right now. I think I think that that's 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 I think that's a fantastic story for Scott and McNeil. When McNeil was drafted on the through the through the rookie list, and we mentioned this at the we mentioned this in, in one of our first episodes back. I can't remember whether it was with us or with A3, but Lockie McNeil was a, a midfielder who'd been going around averaging about 20 disposals. He was in the under in the under 18 championships in 2009. But he must have walked in that club feeling like he was so far down the pecking order that he was miles away from getting a game. Because he, he's, a, he's a midfielder primarily. I know he's played in other positions in the last couple of games, but he's a midfielder. And he looks at that midfield and he sees Bond and Pelly, Law, McRae, Dunkley, Smith, Hunter, Hunter, Lipinski, Libba. Libba. And, and I'm sure I've forgotten another couple of names in there as well. And he would be going to think, how am I going to get a game ahead of any of these guys? I mean, I've just come in on the rookie list. I'm not even a highly rated prospect. And I've got a fight with some absolute superstars of the game. Like these, are, these are top 10. These are pushing top 10 midfields in the competition, most of them. How am I going to get a game? And he's he's worked really hard and he's impressed clearly. He's been given an opportunity in the games against Hawthorne and Melbourne, and he's done enough to get a spot in the round one side. That's a fantastic effort. And if you think that's good, when he was on when he was going through day one and two at the Bulldogs, looking at that midfield, Anthony Scott wasn't even on the list. And then he ends in up fact, playing in back fact, pocket. Yeah, in fact, up until a, a, couple, a couple of weeks ago, he was playing against all those. He still wasn't on the list. He was one of a few vying for a spot. Oh, that's a fantastic story for both of them. That's re- that's that's really good. They've the both, is, they've though, both taken I'm, their opportunities. They're both impressed. It's not like they've they've sort of mm, meandered sure. through those games. They both played well. They've stood out. Mm. Now, McNeil, I like a lot actually, even though yeah, he's probably well. a midfielder, but he he knows how to keep his feet, doesn't he? And that's what we've seen a couple of yeah. times with those with those goals on the run. Oh, even, was... even his um, even his behind that he kicked too, which yeah should should have kicked that. But should have kicked that. We, but I like we him a we lot. said we said as a, as a pressure mm. forward might be a bad shout. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. It looks like that's where he's played role for him. I don't know if he's still like the pressure type, but he definitely looks like a zippy forward. You know, crafty and all these types of things, which is something we're absolutely. Well, I, I say if you, if you average eight and a half tackles, your pressure game's up. Your pressure game is exactly very numbers. good. That got was those things, okay. in the in the under yeah. So uh-huh. in the under eighteen championships in two thousand nineteen. So it's yeah. it's dated. They're dated stats, but this is when he was running around for South. I think it was South Australia. Eight and a half tackles a game. Twenty disposals. Eight and a half tackles. They they were his numbers. Okay, so let's just drop those off. Maybe a couple. It should still <laughs> okay. be at least okay. around to five or six tackles a game. Yeah, that's 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 still amazing for a, for what would probably be um, a small forward. In our side, that's incredible. So we'll take that very yeah. much. And the question is just a matter of can he run out again properly? He should, but the intensity is, of course, a lot higher. Um, you know, obviously, the higher up you go in the grades. Yeah. Um, now, I think we're going to both be very big fans of McNeil, and hopefully, Anthony Scott too definitely gets the a legitimate chance. I want to see him playing on the half forward line, please, not as a back pocket. Anthony Scott. Well, he, I don't yeah, know, he, kicked, so. he kicked a couple of goals. No, so I want to see him play higher up the ground. Okay. You know? It's not because he can't play down back, but ideally, you know, I'd like to see some 
like as we've been reiterating for several years now, forwards as forwards, we'd like to see some defenders as defenders. So that would be nice. And that, if he's trying to play the lockdown role, well, then ideally that'd be Taylor Duray. Now we're not too sure how that is at the moment. The progress there. Um, I would, I would think of Eastern Wood as well. Yeah, I would think not with Duray. Um, not because of any injury, but just the fact he doesn't look like he's been in the frame in the senior side of two practice matches. I would be very surprised if he came up for round one. What about Zane Cordy? Yeah, same. It, it, uh, yeah, I, I, I can't see it. I can't see how you can you can be fully fit for two practice matches, not come even close to the senior side, and then suddenly you're in the round one spot. And it's not like Cordy or, or Dre have stood out and, and been star performers in those two games either. I mean, you could say the same for Johannesson either. I mean, I, I don't know. I didn't see his match against Casey. But his game, when he, when he played against... Um, I think he played against... No, no, he played against Hawthorne, no, I think. It was in the yeah, first Haw- game. Haw- yeah, Hawks didn't, game, yeah, didn't stand out there either. And the fact that they put him down to Casey suggests that you know they weren't pleased with the way he played either. They didn't think it justified you, a match against Melbourne. Do you think McNeil has been given a game, maybe obviously he's earned his spot, but do you think he's been given a game maybe for the fact that they don't think Vandermeer uh, will pull up with the hip flex, with hip flex or a hip joint or something? Interesting point. I feel like they've... No, I think they've been pretty confident with with Vandermeer's I'd recovery. Like to see them if, I'd like to see them both named for sure. Oh, wouldn't that be good? Get That'd be Norton very nice, very and dangerous. Have, and then have it? McNeil and Vandermeer in the pockets. That'd be beautiful. Starting to start look like a proper forward line now. That actually sounds <laughs> very tasty right there. You know, it's something like what Bruce would say, delicious. Delicious. No, seriously, it actually sounds quite nice. Yeah, no, it does. You're always good to see new, new players coming through. Always good. For sure. Um, now, obviously, there's some some bigger names in those two debutants. As exciting as that that is for Scott and McNeil, there's obviously Trelaw and Martin. And what do you make of Trelaw's appearance on AFL 360 the other night, speaking about how he feels like his football experience has been ruined by what happened at Collingwood? He's clearly not just even because of this matters, but even leading up to it, he's always been a bit more of a um, an emotional type. Yeah. Um, and I think he deals with his own issues of anxiety and such. I remember, I'm going to forget, I'm not going to remember the name properly, but I remember attending a seminar back in uh, like November 2019. And there was a speaker there that was discussing all these types of um, methods for self-confidence and such and um, how he delivered all these particular books and stuff to saving the Richmond Footy Club at the start of 2017. And he also started leading into stories discussing the likes of Adam Trelaw, you know, and how he keeps giving how these sort of messages that he put forward to Trelaw, um, but to help him with his anxiety issues, but to keep him focused on a couple of things entirely, obviously the game itself, but um, there's like a little tattoo or there's some sort of message on uh, one of Trelaw's Trelaw's wrists, you know, um, about a particular uh, young boy that was dealing with, um, some sickness and illness. Is that the? Is that a tattoo, or is that like the tape that they wear across their? It might wrist? be a tape. It might have been the tape. There's a might be lot of players wear the, the tape. The tape and wear messages yeah. there. But generally, when he would kick a goal, he would always be tapping that particular um, okay. wrist. So he is a very, very personal, but an emotional type of character. So that doesn't surprise me to see I've, um, those types of reactions from him. I've warmed to him. But I like that a, lot, a lot. I mean, obviously, every Bulldogs fan would have been over the moon when they signed him from. 
or when we signed him from Collingwood. You know, I I feel quite a connection to Trelaw, even though he's he's not mm. yet played a, a game for the Bulldogs yet. He's played he's played two and a half quarters for Footscray, but I just feel like there's a there's a there's a real deep. Um, it seems like he's within within him. It's not not a specific emotion as such, but as, no, as you as you say, he's an emotional there, person. Yeah, yeah, he's an emotional it like person, he's and quite pleased to have ended up with us probably more so than other clubs. I think well, he said he's, right he said he's fully on Well, he said he's fully on on board with the Bulldogs now. I do feel sorry for him though, and and I think I always will in the fact that he either he'll always he'll always love Collingwood. And not happen for sure. Oh, no, he, his preference is still. I mean, yeah, I mean, there. there are there are players who, um, you know, who have allegiances to to clubs, and w- regardless of who they play for, we may allude to that a little later on as well. I'm I'm just I feel I feel bad for him how it's ended up because, mm. and and it sort of and there were people going on about you know whether or not Collingwood fans should boo for law on on Friday night. I think it's a no brainer that, that this is just not an instance where you'd even consider that. I mean, yeah, players all leave, and you know, but but Trelaw didn't want to leave. Like Collingwood, no, it's have how him. you leave the club. Yeah, it's if, how you do it. If if it was up to Trelaw, he'd be he'd be playing on Friday night in the black and white. No doubt, if it was up to Trelaw. So, I I feel a bit I feel a bit sorry for him that it's not worked out as he as he would like because I think a player should be able to have a say in where their career goes well if players want to move for whatever reason i mean they're they're entitled to do that but this is a very different scenario this is not a player requesting a trade this is a this is a top line player on a big contract a lengthy contract a lot of good things for a lot of good good things for collingwood that that made the decision to go to collingwood several years ago and now he's again a big deal too a long-term deal he's been pushed his contract back yep to accommodate other players that now no longer um, are on the books, some yeah. of them, or to to fit in. Um, well, I think it was that, that push for for for, prem, for a premiership. Yeah, right? and it, which he which he um, understood and you know agreed to those terms too. So it's it's very ironic, even seeing still some post supporters saying, "Well, he could have stayed to take a bit." Unders. He's already taken unders yeah. per se. He's already pushed back his deal. He doesn't need to do what he Col- Collingwood made their Collingwood made the decision to to get rid of him. This is this is not on on law. I can't remember when the turning point was, but for a long time during trade period, it was well. I mean, he Collingwood want him gone, but he's, him he want, him he's under contract. Him. He wants to stay, and that that's why it's very different. Because normally it's a player. I mean, well, best example is Josh Dunkley. Josh Dunkley was under contract. We wanted him to stay, but he wanted to leave. That's normally the way it goes. Normally the player wants out. This is something yeah, club wants out. It's ironic, isn't it? It's it's very strange in this, I mean, for, uh, this modern for, scheme that it was club power, wasn't this it? Is for, seen this that is for top. For yeah, this is for top line players. I mean, obviously, fringe players go cut clubs cut fringe players all the time. And we get why. No one wants it, but we get no, why. It's it's a roof. But this industry. is very different. Yeah, this is very different. I'm I'm really glad to hear though things like that, that when he says he's it's not all about what happened at Collingwood? Obviously, a lot of a lot of discussion around Trelaw will be what happened at Collingwood. But when he when he talks about what it is and what it means to him at the Bulldogs now that he feels on board and he feels a part of it already, that's really comforting to hear. And I am pleased that he's part of a group a club 
that has embraced him and that he feels like a strong connect with with that mm. club now because I, he's you know he's gone through a lot like professionally and and personally there's been a lot of hurdles that he's had to navigate his way through in the past couple of years i mean we've all had to, i mean last year we've all had to we've all had to to navigate through some concerns and some issues um, but but he's he's had to go through quite a fair bit and it, it was it was disappointing it would have been very disappointing from the way that he left Collingwood, and I'm sure a lot of people would would agree with that. But I'm glad that he's probably nine, probably ninety percent will be on his side. Those yeah. at least yeah. have not saying they have a heart, but they understand the magnitude of what's got or what happened. Um, that's no, right, I'm, I'm that's really happy to see. It. Yeah, no, I'm I'm really happy that he's very, playing very that close. he's happy at the club. We need to talk about someone who won't be playing around one, Hayden Crozier. Now, mm. he we didn't know last week. We do now. Surgery was a success. Well, I mean, it's as successful as a surgery can be. He's not going to be back in time for round one. In fact, it's going to be six to eight weeks before we see Hayden Crozier once again. And this obviously means there's a spot in that defense now. None of these four players, well, I suppose Anthony Scott was the closest, but none of these four players are, are defenders. And I, I certainly don't see Anthony Scott playing Crozier's role. Could they, how would how the defense? I, I don't think so. Don't think so. How does the defense look? Because I because obviously there's this well we know Crozier's definitely not playing. There's got to be question marks over recent board because we've not heard anything saying that yeah he'll definitely play and I feel like we would have at some stage. We were big on Bukakamas last week. Is there a possibility for a fifth debutant? Jeez, that'd be very eye-opening, wouldn't it? To go into round one like that, isn't it? It's like a whole restructure of the solo. Three debutants last year. Even from, even from the elimination final too. That's a massive type of overhaul, isn't it? And it, a bit of a shake to the system. Well, someone, someone's got to get away someone's, with that many players. Someone's got to come in to replace mm. him. And I can't see I any of those four players doing that. I don't know if it can be three debutants per se. I don't know if that could... Happen. I wonder how often that would have been the case. Anyways, three debutants. Well, who would you call in? Who would you call in? Because that rules out that's Karmas. The, that's the, that's the very interesting prospect, isn't it? Then. And we've got Jurey Johansson. Yeah, in terms of in Cordy. terms of that role, yeah, you know, all waiting in the wings. Yeah, because in terms of that role, it's, it's only going to be Karmas or Wood, and Wood, you know, touch and go. We don't know still, and Karmas still a bit too young, but he's. Showed a fair bit actually last match, um, and then Jaray's a different player entirely to him, and has his JJ. So it really hurts the back six actually. And so that, that, yeah, I don't know. see, and the I'm not solving him down the, back either. The, 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 and this, and this is what I was speaking speaking on this earlier. The, the players who handed the Guernseys to their teammates for their debut, I thought Charles gave, gave away, gave away a bit of a clue. I think Bailey Dale handing a jumper says to me he's in. For round one, I mean, Josh Dunkley and Bailey Smith—they're they're no brainers. They speak for themselves. Yeah, but, um, yeah. and the it's, other one was who was Lipinski, who I, I think his preseason or certainly his performance against Melbourne warrants a, an opportunity around one. I think he was more of a lock than than Bailey Dale. But I, I wonder. I, I feel like that, I feel like that gives a role, yeah. It? I feel like that gives away a bit of a clue that we will be seeing Dale. I wonder if we'll be seeing him in the back line mm. again. Would you? That's the thing. If he's playing, if he's playing down back, then because we've got enough electric ball users and you know ball winners down there that are aggressive mindsets, 
that still leaves a position for a pure lockdown defender. I'm not talking key position-wise. I'm talking medium to small defender type-wise, which is exactly what Crozier is. So who does that role? Well, and we just, still have no idea. Well, I'm just going to get up here because I did ask a question, and this was – I can't remember if this was before or after the episode that we did last week. Um, but I put a, I put a poll out there uh, on, on Twitter – whether Bulldog fans would persist with Bailey Dale at half back. 47 votes, 74.5% voted yes. I can't remember if I'm, I don't think I mentioned this. Um, don't think I mentioned this last week. Did I, did I mention this last week? No, I don't think I would have. This would have come out after the episode. There were a couple of. Um, I think you spoke about Alex Doherty sharing the opinion of us or sort of um, maybe, understanding that it could work. Maybe. Did, did we do that in the episode? I can't remember. I don't think we did. No, I don't think we would have. So Alex Doherty says a fan of ours. I was a big fan of it, he says. Looked very fluent at halfback and looked willing to take the game on at every opportunity. A couple of others here. Uh, Thomas Butler, at Butler at Tom Butler, 1177, says, regardless of whether he's playing halfback, wing or forward, he's got to be playing ones. It's just a better team when he's in it. And then Harry or at WB1954201616 says, don't we have enough backmen though? Or he asks, don't we have enough backmen though? He's one of our few forwards who actually kick goals. And I wasn't agreeing to that, but I... Yeah, yeah, that was more agree what with you the were previous saying. comment too, though. Yeah. I do agree with the previous comment though as well. But we need, that's all right. We've got, to, we've got to keep motoring, I'm afraid. Um, I think we do. Now, there's something else that's come up. Speaking of the back line, there may be a new... Well, I mean, well, it's March... The end of the season. Oh, I was gonna no, I was gonna say new I was gonna say new arrival, but it's March. The window for arrival, certainly from other clubs, is is a long, long, long way away. But there's some news some news has come through yesterday. Sam Edmund on Twitter, he was on SCN um, yesterday. This is the Tuesday. And he's quoted saying Adelaide's Fisher Mackesy, and we agree to disagree on pronunciation there, is almost certain to request a trade back to his home state at season's end unless there is a dramatic reversal in, of fortunes. He hasn't settled in South Australia and has some personal family motivations to return to Melbourne. Now, why is that interesting? I mean, Fisher Mackesy is only a second year player, picked sixth thing in the 2019 national draft, went to Adelaide, nine picks correct. before Cody Waitman. What's that got to do with us? Well, Fisher mm. McAsee is a lifelong Bulldogs fan. Mm. He is also a centre-half back, which is a position, and I'm not sure whether you, you are aware of this, but it's a position that the Bulldogs are lacking a little bit of strength and, and depth in at the moment. The only thing is that he's got the height, just needs a bit more of a motor, I think. A bit more he's strength, only, obviously. You know, still young in his career. Only but second there's a bit year. more some, some things too, because he's... Seems like a good mark from what I've seen. You know, last year they played him at centre half forward actually, uh, under Matthew Nix. Aaron Norton 2.0. Yeah, exactly. There you go. There's your versatility right there. Well, um, I mean, we've always talked about cloning Aaron Norton. Is is Mac is Mackesy capable of, of playing the, the role that Norton might play down back? So Norton would be more of an interceptor rather than a one on one defender. Can Mackesy be that sort of player, or is he a different type? I think of he has the scope. Back? I think he's. I think he's. This is how it's going to sound weird again. Norton would be a perfect number two. I think Mackesy is definitely in the frame between one and two at the moment. As a, we're talking the number one key, key defender, defenders. number two key yeah, defender. I think he's probably. I think he's more closer to a two than a one. Okay. But there's the capacity to do that. Well, I've got um, Keith, who's the number one. 
Mm-hmm. It's just that number two. You can get away you know. with it. You can get away with that. Um, but about now, that, this is this is this is my theory. This is, this is I've, got a, I've got a theory here on this one. But I you think it's his, I think it's to do with his father. Sorry, I think it's to okay. do with his father father's uh, health at the moment. I think well, that's they, the reason. Yeah, they yeah, it's ironic because like three or four days before Sam Edmund, I heard that um, from a very, very, very uh, proven source that he was actually looking to stay. So the intentions to stay, but he might not have, but he might not be able to. So it's not it's not a club thing. It's not it's not his no, relationship with Adelaide. I don't think Adelaide. so. I don't think so. Okay. So this this is a very 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 well proven source that's probably ninety five percent right, generally. Most of the time. So this is my theory on what happens with Mackesy. So we held on to Dunkley last year because we knew anything we, we got for Dunkley was going to be chewed up on Hugel Hagen. Now Dunkley's got a year on his contract at the end of this year. We we cash we cash in our chips. We let Dunkley go for a first and a second rounder, I think it's fair. We then use those picks. I'm, I've been a bit I've, I'm getting a little bit carried away here. But uh, we use those picks to prize Mackesy to the Western Oval and we give him the number five. Previously worn by his pen pal, Matthew Boyd. He actually became pen pals with Matthew Boyd. There was an article about that one in the lead up to the, the, the 2019 draft. Now, wouldn't that be a no, story? That is pretty cool. That, that, would, be pretty a, cool. that would be a nice homecoming story. Dogs get it done. Uh, not, not the Dunkley. Jeez, you've, already, you've already thrown him right out of the bus. <laughs> right Ideally. God, I haven't even, Ideally. Played, <laughs> haven't even played round one for this year. That's it. Ship him right off. Well, we, we had wraps on... I can't remember. If, I mean, we would have spoken about the build-up to the draft. I'm sure Mackesy's name would have come up when we were recording back then. I'm I sure believe of it was. It. But I'm we would agree that, the, that it was... Butters, no, oh, the Butters draft was 2018, wasn't 18, it? Yeah. There's, been a, there's a fair few dogs. If we, went back, yeah, if, if we went back through too. those episodes, I'm sure we'd have said something about Mackesy that we would we would like him to slide, although it's, it's unlikely that he would. So we've been, we've been big on it for a while now. I think I was very much set on us. Um, I think mentioning that Waitman was the go. Waitman. If it wasn't him, it would have been Kasaya Pickett. But uh, that's for another time, I think. There's uh, for sure. All right. So, well, that was we just wanted to mention that um, briefly because that, that came up. And there were a lot of people on Twitter getting excited about that. Yeah, I think we'll be talking about that a lot for the rest of the year. Generally. Well, let, yeah, watch this space on that one, particularly if we don't have someone to sort of stand up in that snarf back yeah. role. If we can, if we can see the bag to Mason Cox, you'll see that talk hype right up. <laughs> Another magic door medalist. Oh, please don't. AFLW and and VFLW. I've got some I've got some questions I want to ask about both of these games. So this was a difficult match against for the for the women in the AFLW against North Melbourne. Three goal to nil start in the first quarter. And, and we only lost by 11 points. So that was the difference in the end. Huntington kicked two goals. Bonnie uh, Tugel kicked the, the goal, the only goal in the last quarter. Nick, I'm going to ask you, I mean, we've, obviously we spoke about the substitute rule. That's been changed, or, or the medical sub, rather. So there's new rules coming. Is there a rule now that allows umpires to pay free kicks during the quarter breaks? Well, we did get to see that happen during the 2009 prelim, did we not? Oh, oh yeah, actually we did. So, so I mean, yes, we're, we're, we're a live example the, of that. We're living up to the salty bulldog here. So I'm just gonna. I'm, we don't don't have the the footage here. I'm just trying to remember who it was. It, I think it might have been Kirsty Lamb. So the umpires have clearly decided that she doesn't have a head because she was taken high. After, you know, this is sort of on the siren, and then after the siren, the umpires have decided that she's held onto the ball for way too long, and and they thought, well, we've got to pay free kick for holding the ball here. 
It's very how can strange. You, how can you pay? I, I know, yeah, I know. How I can you be pinged for holding the ball when the game is not in play? It'd be like getting pinged for holding the ball after the ball's gone out of bounds. So that, that goes back to my introduction at the, the start of the quarter. I think they the also paid. The I think they the start, well, of the at the start of the episode. Sorry, <laughs> well, the end of the quarter. I mean, and, and of course, the and a, a bit of poetry here because the the free kick was given to Emma Carney, um, and as she kicked, well, why, the, and, why not the tackler though? Who was the tackler? Well, I don't know. I don't. I I, I was that, was that furious. I only only wanted to watch the incident once because again, attention was was a little bit divided. But I was I saw the the play. And I could see the clock ticking down. I didn't have the volume on, but I could see the see the play. And the, so the quarters, it's all gone. So sirens, well, I can see there's, you know, like a couple of seconds left on the timer. And then look up. Don't I think, concede, well, don't concede, well, don't well no, but I see it's zero seconds. I think, well, look, the ball's held up. I'm fine. I think it's, it's just it. It's just, they, they can't score from here. <laughs> they don't have the ball. There's zero seconds left. How are they going to score? And then I've looked down about 30 seconds and I see North Melbourne celebrating a goal. And I think, what? Surely that's a replay. But then I see that they've changed the margin. Actually, it was that it was paid that late. Yeah, the, the, the Fox Footy had their graphics for the you know they say North Melbourne lead by whatever, and then they had to take it down, change it, and then put it up again. In fact, in fact, just after uh, it was it, the, the free kick was awarded that late, that just after that, as Carney was coming in to kick, Nathan Burke had actually finished his three quarter time address to the players. It was an un. It was an unbelievable decision. It was. It was. It was. Uh, it actually left me speechless. I'm not left speechless often. I think on a football field. I'm, You're not left speechless very often in general. No, man, I don't think. No, I'm, but I think on a, on a football field, you know, things like you you feel like when you've watched it. I mean, I've there's no way I've watched it for as long as a lot of people. But I think you get to a point where you feel like you've just about seen everything. You'd be like, you, you, you mean, there were going to be things that will come up every, every once in a while that you go, oh, well, it's new. I haven't seen that for a while. I've never seen a free kick paid after the siren. All right, enough time about the umpires now. After the she was taken forget high as umps. well. Forget the umpires. Um, forget the umpires. You're going to keep going on. Yeah, I, I don't blame well, you at all seriousness. The, the, VF, um, the VFL we'll, we'll double I want to, to talk about as, as well Um Difficult game. No, I mean, they, uh, they kicked they kicked yeah, the goal in the, the first minute. The grand final rematch, so they say. It's a rematch, return, isn't it? It is. How do, you, um, how do you rematch the grand final? Well, I imagine seven match. days later, rather than you know, you know, twenty four months later. But anyway, um, difficult. We kicked the goal in the first uh, the first minute of the the match, um, but only two more for the rest of the match. I think, I think, we won't score us after halftime. I'm afraid. Now, I'm not sure though if you've seen. So actually, Dennehy, Maloney, Purcell, and Grant got the got the goals. Um, actually, no, that's not possible. I'm not sure that's a typo there because I've got four goal kickers. <laughs> kick three goals, so something's not quite right there. So sorry. We'll take that. Uh, I mean, we'll I'm, I'm it. sorry. It's a goal who, after who, the siren. Who wants? Who wants? Who wants a goal when they haven't kicked it? I mean, it's it, it's up for grabs. I'll any any of those four? Um, any of those four women want one? Uh, I don't know if you saw any images of the match. The Bulldogs were wearing their away jumper, which is the white. Now it's the it's the white with the oh, bulldog yes. many on it. People, many people many people were confused, weren't yeah. they? Yeah, and Collingwood were wearing their clash jumper as well, which is you know one of those one of those zebra type things. But it was white with black stripes. 
do you think that'll well he's no longer president anymore do you think that would have made eddie kick up a, a fuss potentially you know just like with the uh what do you call it the the teal jumpers with port adelaide Power well, well it wasn't it wasn't going to make me kick up a, a fuss of eddie Maguire proportions but i just found that really confusing why are we wearing our away jumper at a home match that's the first question and then secondly, if we're going to do that for whatever reason, because, you know, there's some sort of quota where we need to fill up, we need to wear the away jumper, you know, X amount of times a season, why Collingwood wearing their white jumper as well? The answer to that question, Matt, <laughs> can be summed up with two words or Just a two? name, if I might. Just two or Just a two? name. or a name, okay. Steve Hawking. Steve Hawking. Simple. Simple okay. as that. Just, just right. stick. I don't, I don't know if he's got any relevance to it whatsoever, but I'm just putting the blame on him. It doesn't matter. Um, so many things I could put the blame on him for. But no, it's a bit annoying that because. It's annoying. How... That's, that's, I mean, I'm not sure. No, not, that, is... not that. I'm just talking about, talking about the game in general. But that's, I'm not that's sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure what's more perplexing. Two teams wearing white jumpers Similar and free kicks being boots. paid after the siren. <laughs> I can't, you be the I, judge. Yeah, set I mean, up, that's what we'll do. Up, that's what we'll, we'll do. We'll set up a poll. We will set up a poll. I was just going to say that. Yep. We're, we're going to be a week late, just like the umpires were paying that free kick yep. up for the quarter. Yeah. So we'll see. So we're going to we're going to put up which is more perplexing: paying free kicks after the siren, or two teams wearing the same coloured jumper. <laughs> that's brilliant. That's that's, okay. that's extraordinary. Oh. It's some, oh, so in the women's football, some some extra, out of the out of the women's heads, not their fault, but some very very no, interesting no decisions. <laughs> on the weekend it wasn't wasn't yeah. the wasn't a very was a very good week for the women's football two defeats there now we've got we've got two games left in the aflw at the moment anyhow yeah. okay so that's adelaide and the richmond football club i just sort of think that the girls can take a lot out of this season at the moment okay i still think that generally and think even going to the expectations for this year they were still probably another year away we always like saying these terms but generally they probably might be and the rules are a very uh, well, it was, just one, it, was just, it was just one quarter. It was just one quarter. Yeah, that's right. Last week, it was it's, just the first it's different too. You know, they're meant to be heralded as a premiership threat. We discussed our, our possibilities a couple of weeks ago. We found where we sit genuinely on the table. Okay. Carlton's yep. chances have probably pretty much been ended. So we're still technically in the hunt. Um, the game outside we'll, the we'll, top. We'll take it. Yeah, a game outside. Six. And but, there's still um, a few sides um, that'll play against off each other, isn't there? Yeah. So there's a bit of a percentage gap as well. So thirty-five percent, mm. roughly, between us in seventh spot and Melbourne in, in sixth. Mm. So we're going to need we're going to need some comfortable wins as well, or, mm. or some opposition yeah. to incur some comfortable defeats against Adelaide this week, who came off a, a hefty loss against Melbourne, has to be said. But we yeah. are playing in Nor yeah. Norwood Park, I think it is. Sweet. Yeah, and they've got what a percentage of what two hundred and sixty something. One hundred ninety-two Adelaide. Oh, it's hundred. Oh, so, yeah. Well, North it's come Melbourne. down. North oh, Melbourne's a ridiculous. North Melbourne have a hundred. Was one sixty odd. Yeah. yeah. So who's got 280 or who's it? Is it free or Brisbane? Is it free man like 231? There Brisbane, you go. 224. That's oh, they dropped a little bit in their percentage. Fancy that dropping you 30% and you still got 220 odd. Um, now we've got a bit of work to do. Yeah. But I still think it's still not impossible. It's still not impossible, yeah. but we're going to need some comfortable wins and a little mm. bit of luck from here. At the moment, if I was to give us a grading out of 10, I'll still give it around an eight. I wouldn't be disheartened in this one. I'd prefer us to see to play there, but I've seen enough from this season at the moment to say, yeah, there's a there's a bit of fun to come to. I would say seven. Just I would just say mm. seven. Mm. Um, because I was I when you said number, much, I think it, def, I think it depends on these next two games. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, if they make finals, to, yeah. 
it would, would bump oh, up for me as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. at least an eight. I think they've definitely gone above their expectations, but now because they're close enough to potentially doing something that you still want to judge them off that then, yeah. than what their preseason goals were. So we'll see what they can do. And they've shown that they can still take it up to certain sides as well. You know, maybe a couple of teams have taken them to the cleaners. We've been a bit lucky that we haven't had to play free over Brisbane. But there's still been enough there. Maybe now, next year you get to see these results turn around. Well, yeah, I think this is a season of where they've just sort of had to build that base of improvement. Mm-hmm. And, they and have. they've showed a lot. They've shown and then they can build on from there. Now, Nick, we're going to get pretty close to the end, but you sent this to me weeks ago. You've been wanting this this in. And we're probably going to... Okay, okay, let's quickly do it. Probably then. going to go very, over time. So I'm going to read out some questions uh, to you. This is just preseason mm-hmm. predictions. I'm going to read them out to you. Mm-hmm. You're going to give me quick fire responses. So mm-hmm. let's see how we go here. How many wins in the home and away season for the Western Bulldogs men's side this year out of 22? We'll go 16. Where do you think they'll finish on the ladder at the end of the home and away season? Third. Your top even three. Fifth, even with the eighth, right? <laughs> Your top three leading goal kickers. Norton, Bruce. And we'll go. Oh, God, I've just gone blank. I'm just going to say Wallace, but I've gone blank. Okay. It's not exactly. I've got him fourth, though, technically. I've forgotten who my third is. Your top three for the best and fairest. I'm going to give McRae finally a, a chance to win it. Um, Trawl's never finished really outside the top five, generally. So I've got him third, and I'll go for the bond number two. So McRae, bond, Trawl. Who's going to be the most improved player at the club this season? Please be Lewis Young. Please. I hope so. Outside of those who have already been confirmed to debut, who do you think is most likely to make their debut this season? Um, well, Karmas. Karmas? Karmas for sure, I think. And who is... Uh, how am I going to ask this one? Who's the most likely candidate to receive their maiden All-Australian Guernsey? Made an all Australian Guernsey. I like this yeah, one. All Australian Guernsey is a bit, bit easy. Made an all Australian Guernsey. Uh, let's have a look. Da, 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 da. Well, I would have said Crozier had he been fit. Um, I'm going to go Hunter then, actually. Hunter. Okay. I'll go through mine because I've written mine down here. Yep. Uh, total home and away wins 15. Mm-hmm. Uh, one less than me. Uh, fourth in the ladder. Mm-hmm. One less At than the end me. of the home and away season. Uh, the leading three goal kickers are the same Norton, Bruce, Wallace. Um, I've got top three in the best and fairest. Just this, this this new rule, I feel like it's Caleb Daniels to lose again. Uh, Bont in second and Bailey Smith in third. And I feel like he'll be the most improved player at the club this year as well. Bailey I've got him as fourth. I've got, um, yeah, it's Karmas is most likely to make that. I've also written down Hugel Hagen, Hannon and Bedendo. I feel like they will all debut at some stage this year. They most likely will. I hope they all do. And made an All-Australian. Made an All-Australian. Dare we say it, Aaron Norton? I feel like... Do we? I feel like if I had him as most improved, I would. I've got him as second. I think Dunkley is a good shout. He's never made an All-Australian before. Not in the 22, no. Not in the 22. He's made the squad, but not the 22. And and, and I feel like there's a good opportunity for him this year. Mm -hmm. 
but I'll that's going to hopefully these predictions go well. That's that's going to be it. We might compile those, release those at some stage. But that's going to be it for another week of the the salty bullet. Thank you. We've gone a little bit over time, and Nick and I apologise for that. But there's so much to talk about with with only only two days away until the start of the season for the men's. I get, can't, oh, this is going to be fantastic. I'm really looking forward to it. And not contain the excitement. No, I, I'm just I've, losing the plot. I've I've, I've got to go and uh, I've got to go and start watching highlights of of seasons gone by to get myself ready. Nick, I want to thank you for your assistance and compliance uh, as you offer us every other week. To all of those listening, wherever you are around the world, thank you very much for tuning in. Be sure to check out our, uh, all of our uh, social media outlets and uh, pages where you can access the podcast and all future episodes and all previous episodes, rather, of Spotify, uh, also on Apple Podcasts under the American football category for some reason. Also, our social media pages on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, at the Salty Bulldog, and on Instagram, the.salty.bulldog. Thank you for your time. We wish you all the best. Uh, Come on the dogs. Best of luck on Friday. And until next week, to our fans, wherever you are listening around the world, take care.